Welcome to Infinite Ritual, the podcast that explores how our daily habits lead to continuous healing and supports our inner work to living as our most authentic selves. We examine the mystical through a grounded lens, honor our connection with the earth, and ultimately raise our conscious awareness of our roles and purpose while we are here. Welcome and I'm glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Infinite Ritual Podcast. I am not in my bed right now. I'm in my office, and I'm so happy to be here. I wouldn't have been here last week because last week it was a mess. (laughs) Um, My office is very small, second floor of my home. I think this was a child's bedroom before and after that maybe someone else's office but um I kind of just when I moved in here dumped a lot of storage things in like boxes and things that didn't have a home so there was a lot of clutter my desk was not dirty it's not like there it it was dirty but it, it just had a lot on it there was like my typewriter a bunch of books that accumulated papers journal things that were representative of older versions of me, past versions of me. And um, the whole office was like that. And it was very white (laughs) and kind of grayish because the light that comes through here can tend to reflect off the walls in in a gray type of way. So I didn't really want to be in here a whole lot, but I knew for a long time that I wanted to do a little makeover, give it a little facelift. And I never had really the patience or capacity to sort through everything and to um and to figure out what I wanted it to look like, how I wanted to lay it out and time was a factor as well as a lot of other things. But with today's topic and what I've been working on recently, the capacity to hold more. And what that means is all related. And something as simple as, yes, having the time to declutter your space and feng shui it really is an energetic, uh, environmental movement that you have to do and, and go through even mentally as well that you have to have the capacity for and to do. And, um, so yeah, I was able to finally say, you know what? Yeah, this is the weekend. I was actually sitting, I was sitting in the middle of my morning ritual practice. I think it was after some breath work and I was in meditation when I just got this ping of peach. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Like I just saw peach walls in the middle of my meditation because just being in this room and and this room in my office also being the place where I do do my practices, my, my morning sit downs of rituals of where I usually go through. I've been doing a lot of nervous system ritual work right now. Things like starting with breath work, going into meditation, doing some EFT tapping, um, and working on some self hypno as well, which I will also talk about a little bit. I've been doing that to also build my capacity to hold more because our ability to feel good is held 
within our nervous system work, within that ability to regulate ourselves and how much that we can actually hold there. So I was in the middle of, and I've been doing this continuously for, for, for a while now, but let's say, I want to say, let's say it's been a consistent 10, maybe 12 days in a row of this specific ritual of working with my nervous system when I had the ping of peach walls, just peach. And I was like, okay. And I was like, really, do I have to like, do I really have to this weekend? Like I want to, you know, do something else, like maybe go out and mm, go hang with a friend or go and do something. But in the back and in that lower, um, knowing that that deeper pain came through again of, no, this is going to allow you to shift your energy a little bit more, hold the capacity for more, which is what you're asking for. And sometimes when you get those little intuitive visions or those little intuitive pings and you don't follow them because they're kind of random and they don't seem to make sense and you don't know how they're connected. Um, really it is all connected. Somehow me going to Lowe's over the weekend and looking at the numerous (laughs) shades of peach that I could have chosen. I went with peach champagne, by the way. Um, had something to do with my capacity to hold more in my life it is all it was all connected and let me even say that it's funny how even on my journey through Lowe's I thought oh I also need you know this cleaning supplies because I'm running low on them let me go over to the cleaning supplies section and then while I was there I saw (laughs) this beautiful fiddle leaf plant um that was in the corner and I was like that would look great in my office to enliven it a little bit and you know also trying to be consciously mindful of the way that I'm spending but at the same time knowing that if I get these things and if I clear this space what allows to come through for taking this measure and this step in believing in a vision that I had taking a step to enact on it um creating it and then when I sit in this space, what more comes through to me? What more can I receive? So I receive and then I inspirely, inspirely? Are we making up words today too? And then I take the inspired action step from that receiving. I'm in Lowe's and I see the fiddle leaf plant and I'm like, yep, getting that. Got my cleaning supplies and got my peach champagne paint. And the guy that helped me with the paint was so kind. Can we just shout out the people who work in places like Lowe's who could just be very, they they could have the option to be bitter and standoffish, which is honestly the majority of the kind of workers that I encounter in this public, very multi-conglomerate chains. But he was so, so kind. was like walking me through the difference between what kind of shine do you want on your wall? Do you want more of um, a, a shiny, a, a mat? I'm like, what's the difference? Eggshell to satin? What? And he's like telling me, I went with eggshell, by the way, um, the differences and being so patient, being so kind, offering me the different types of um, paintbrushes that I could go for and giving me like the budgeted 
um, version of things because I was saying, you know, I want to be mindful of what I'm spending here. And he's like, oh, don't get this one. It's too expensive. Go for this package. It includes this roller, this paintbrush and this for this amount. And I was like, wow, thank you so much. And he, he was so just that alone was just a little bit of encouragement, you know, that was nice to go home being, being with all of my things that I brought and being like, wow, I had this kind interaction and that gives me a little bit of more energy to go into this. So I tied up my hair and I dug in, I went into boxes and old pages and old books that were sitting on my shelf that I know I will not, there are some books on my shelf. Most of the books on my shelf I've read. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not going to be the person who says I have 200 books and I've not, you know, I keep collecting them and I don't read them. Like, no, I read my books, but there were a good, like 15 that I had sitting there to 20 that I was like, I know I am never going to read you again. Like I've read you once and that was good. And you're beautiful. And I love having you here. You, you taught me something, but you can go, you know, like I don't need this book that I know I'm never going to read again. And maybe I can pass it on to the donation center and someone else can pick it up and have an experience with it. But then again, there are certain books that I'm like, I will never let you go. (laughs) I will never let you go. Let me see. What are one of those? Um, Oh, the brief and wondrous life of Oscar Wilde by Gino Diaz. Honestly, anything by Gino Diaz, I will not get rid of. I just can't. Um, and anything by Julia Alvarez as well. I have a lot of books by her. I will never get rid of it. Um, the Seed Keeper was excellent. And that's such a beautiful story about um, three generations of Native American women and their experiences from the um, great-grandmother, grandmother, and granddaughter. And they're like the way their stories interweave together and how the seeds from the original great-grandmother was passed down, passed down, passed down to the granddaughter who then, who then kept it and kept the tradition going. But I digress. Um, books and stories and spaces and holding more. So the capacity to hold more, right? I kind of got into such a zone while I was, while I was painting these walls, a zone of deep, contemplation and deep understanding of where I was and what choices I was making and why I was making them and always asking this question of why why am I choosing to do this instead of go out and be with friends or go and do something um do something different why am I why am I choosing not to drink alcohol anymore why am I choosing? I also gave up coffee. Finally, it took me a lot. Honestly, giving up, it's going to be very controversial. (laughs) Giving up coffee was harder for me than giving up alcohol. And, um, that is also related to me and my nervous system and the capacity to hold more for myself. But as I'm painting and I'm thinking about even that decision and how that allowed me to be more energetically open, open to clarity, open to um, being rooted in myself, open to being more conscious, open to understanding why it is that I'm doing each decision that I'm making. It really allows me 
it really allows me to. And why, why was it harder for me to give up coffee versus alcohol? Um, honestly, because I like coffee and I, and I don't really like alcohol. And (laughs) it took me so long to get here because I come from a family that is, I'll just say alcoholic, you know, my mom and my dad are heavy, heavy drinkers. My dad more so than my mom. She probably wouldn't admit that she has a problem. My dad does, but he's been on and off trying to be sober for a very long time and has his phases and stages and they are in their journey and I love and accept them for that. And I've been through a lot of healing for that as well. But, and also like a lot of the culture that I grew up with through from the, the first time I, you know, got drunk in high school to college was very much just doing it to be around people, to be accepted, to be involved, to be seen, to uh, have fun, you know, like, I don't know. I remember one time in college, I fell down an entire flight of stairs after I drank four loco. And um, I remember like being at around one of the um, kegs and after falling down the stairs and I was wearing this little corset and having guys like touch, touch my boobs. Sorry, I should have put a trigger warning before I said that about assault, but like, and just being so drunk, it was just like laughing it off, like, ah, like fun. Um, and yeah, not to knock anyone who does have a good time (laughs) drinking and using it for the social engagement that it allows, but I, you know, just don't, I don't enjoy it. I think that I call I what I've seen it's caused more harm in my family than good. It's caused more harm to me than good. And so when I was for a while trying to decide if I was going to give it up or not, it was really hard because every time I'm with my family, we bond over drinking. Everyone drinks and if you don't, it's and since I haven't, it's kind of like what are you doing? Like you're not going to have a drink with me, you know, what's going on here? Like haven't everyone brings a drink when you go over somewhere, you bring a case of beer, you bring bottles of wine, you do this and everyone gets smashed, you know? It's just what we do. It's just accept it. So as I started to not drink anymore and noticing just sort of the subtleties of the differences in how I feel and how I view things, And suddenly I do have the capacity to be there more and to be present more and to not hold as much resentment toward my family and the people around me and to just actually enjoy myself. Because before I was so focused and so feeling the pressure of like, oh my God, if I don't drink, they're going to look at me weird. Oh my God, if I do drink, I'm going to hate myself. Like that whole weird, bitter cycle. And now that I'm not, it's really great. But at the same time, even in other social spaces, including any intimate spaces with family I see once it gets to a certain level of like the consciousness is their consciousness is not there if you drink to a certain extent you are leaving your body you are not really present within your body it's a very pleasure-based experience and it's about where are we going next where we're gonna you know this this sports team just won let's get smashed let's go like it's just like you kind of don't have to be present there and you don't have to be accountable to yourself. And I kind of empathize with that because to also hold the capacity for more also means being more sensitive and open to 
all of the subtleties of what you're thinking and feeling. And a lot of the time, alcohol does the opposite of that, right? It's a depressant. It's going to stop those certain feeling and thinking patterns. And it's going to stop certain neurotransmitters from happening. And as a depressant, it's not going to, it's going to sort of be an anesthetic to all of that, right? So I get it. I understand completely why people wouldn't want to feel all of the time deep, so that, that deeply. But um, through the nervous system work, through things like breath, breath work that I do in the morning, through things like EFT, emotional freedom tapping, through things like self-hypno, which is really working with my limiting beliefs and thoughts and the stories that I'm telling myself. This is actually giving space for those deeper thinking and feeling patterns to breathe and to understand and where they're coming from so that they're not like as heavy and intense and I don't have to escape from them through another means, through another coping mechanism, through another way. So anyway, that was a lot to even just ponder as I'm painting and um, it's it's crazy because after I finished everything, you know, like I got everything done really quickly. I painted in one day, Saturday, all day, and then Sunday I was able to put everything back together and it's just, I feel the energetic difference in this space. I feel more of the freedom. I feel more of the um, inspiration, like sitting here and just all of the ideas that are coming to me, all of the things that I want to do, um, and understanding that that was me listening to that deeper knowing, following through on it, and now more ideas are coming through. That's the capacity for more as well. And instead of being very overwhelmed by them, instead I'm feeling excited, I'm feeling ready, I'm feeling like I know that I can take my time. And what's even crazier, another story that I have about this idea of building the capacity to hold more is that um, let's, let's talk about it in a monetary sense because looking at my bank account and dealing with my financials has always been something that makes me very uncomfortable just because I typically have lived paycheck to paycheck. And also if you listen to a previous episode, you know that there was a time where I had to move back in with my parents with nothing but $200 to my name and not spend a single penny on anything that I really wanted for an entire year, granted so that I can buy the home that I now live in. However, um, it just makes me really uncomfortable like to go and spend anything outside of certain limits. And I feel like I've told myself stories about what it is that I can and can't do when it comes to money. So looking at my bank account, organizing things or having a budget or planning, because I've been told I, you know, as well, I'm not good with money, quote unquote, like that's something that I have, I had to also work through. So that's actually something that I'm still working through and I'm still processing all of that. I actually enrolled in a course and it's with Natalia Benson and it's called Magical Women Making Money and it is all about healing your money mindset as well as how to plan and invest and save and the really practical tools as well as the um, emotional and healing tools that also come with your money stories. So it was Friday um, that I decided to sit down and finally organize my account in a way where when my paycheck comes in, X amount 
percentage is going to this account for spending, X amount for this percentage is going to this amount for mortgage and bills, X amount is going to this account for um, emergency funds, which is not the word that I want to use the emergency. There's another word that Natalia says that you should use instead because using the word emergency kind of is putting it out there that you're going to have an emergency. I forget what that word is right in this moment, but anyway, I decided to sit down and do that then and to see how long it would take me to build six months worth of savings, meaning like six months worth of my mortgage and bills and my monthly payments to where I wouldn't have to touch it or worry about it, that I have six months saved there. Um, and I budgeted it all out and I made a plan. And I'm not kidding, in the middle of me doing this, I found out that from a grant I applied for in September, one that I did not believe in, and I didn't believe that I was going to receive it, I got an email that said, congratulations, your, your organization and your application for this grant has been accepted and we are going to release $20,000 to you this year and $20,000 to you next year so that your vision for what you've described to us can come through. In the middle of me taking accountability for my own personal finances, I got this email that it was accepted for something that I applied for in September. And that was huge. And it's also very scary. So let me rewind real quick. I applied for this grant for um, a community garden space. I work for a nonprofit currently. However, there was also a nonprofit that me and actually my ex-boyfriend wanted to do together where we would save green spaces throughout the city area to prevent them from being developed on to create community garden spaces for kids to have access to learn from gardening, learning financial sovereignty, but as well as emotional and social learning, as well as being paid to work the garden in the spring and summer months. And so this, you know, plot of lands came up that was available in West Philadelphia that I saw and through some connections was able to preserve that from the city of Philadelphia who owned it and I thought okay well now need money for said garden to come into existence and um I applied through it through this nonprofit idea or organization that I and my ex-boyfriend had and of course we were still together at that time and um so another reason why I really truly didn't believe that we were going to receive it I just got a ringing in my left ear and I feel like right now I'm being told to rephrase certain things as not that it's not that I didn't think I was going to, I didn't deserve to receive it. It's just that so many different organizations applied for this and we were just but a seed of an idea. We're not even a real <laughs> quote, I'm putting quotes like, um, it's, it was just an idea, you know, this, this idea. So when this email came through and when I found out that I was going to be receiving this money, two thoughts came to my mind. One, shit, me and my boyfriend are no longer boyfriend and girlfriend. We still respect and have love for one another, of course. Um, but what does that mean? And two, what am I going to do with $40,000? I can't handle that. There's no way I can handle that. 
And I started telling myself in that moment. And then I thought, oh my gosh, why? What's going on? I'm telling myself this in this moment when something beautiful just came through to me. And it's not so much about me and my personal story as it is about all of the people's lives that this can change, all of the people's lives that this is going to have an impact on. If I can have the capacity to hold this and if I can have the capacity to tell myself a different story. And I'm still working through that because it's still a little bit scary. It's still a lot of money. Um, But money is an energetic of really believing in your capacity to receive and your accountability to being responsible for what it is that you hold by showing up to it fully and by knowing the stories that you're telling yourself about the thing. So if money is the vibration of my ability to receive and my capacity to be responsible to hold, um, that means that I'm building that. I'm building that trust muscle in myself. I'm building that ability within my own nervous system to feel comfortable with that as well. And so moving forward from here, you know, this is going to be great. I'm telling myself that this is going to be wonderful. Not only a great learning experience for me for how to craft a community garden space and outreach for kids and their families and people, how to divide these funds, how to have this divided like with integrity and with with clarity and transparency so that it's serving in the highest possible way. And that's what I also believe too, that this came through because I truly view myself as a facilitator of this space and of this money to provide the support for this space, not as someone who's looking to benefit in a greedy way or to claim this whole project as just like putting my stamp and my name on it. It's not about that. And I think that's also why it came through, you know, because I have been consistently building the capacity to hold more and to feel good about it. There's something I've been learning and that I've heard about by someone named Gay Hendricks, and he is a psychologist and doctor, I believe. He wrote the book on conscious partnership, but also I think I think it's him he, that coined it, but he talks about it a lot, something called the upper limit problem. And the upper limit problem is when we've reached the limit of what it is that we can receive and we start to kind of self-sabotage or feel bad about it or you know we've reached the limit of what it is that we can feel that we can feel good or what it is that we can receive so immediately when that came through to me and I started thinking like oh my god there's no way I can have responsibility for this it's because I kind of reached that upper limit of my that's my upper limit guys I'm sorry $40,000 in the name of a communal and um, activist space is right now universe I'm just saying like let me learn from this please but this is my upper limit but I'm not going to self-sabotage from it I'm not going to tell them sorry please give this to someone else this was a mistake which by the way was another thought of mine so I'm at my upper limit but it's what I do with that upper limit how I ease into that upper limit, how I still work with my nervous system through that upper limit. And our upper limit can apply to finances, but it can also apply to relationship wise, you know, it can apply to, um, 
just anything that what it is that we receive like someone might receive a promotion at work and then go home and start a fight with someone because they're nervous and they're freaking out and they don't know what to do and they need to expel this nervous energy which is a little bit of self-sabotage too because you're like projecting this nervous energy onto someone else and harming a relationship but it's because you've reached your upper limit in your capacity to hold your capacity to feel good so really what this is all about is building the capacity to hold more is about working with our upper limits and working with our ability to feel good you know that's really what it's all about we should be able to feel good about ourselves, about our lives, about what we're manifesting, about what we're putting out into the universe, about what we're clearing physically and internally, and um, how long can we hold that feeling of feeling good? Not that we're grasping at it. It's not. It's not grasping. It's not clinging to the idea of feeling good. It's building the capacity in our nervous systems to hold more of the ability to feel good. And so what that kind of leaves us with is where in your physical space are you cluttered and can you make more space there for something new energetically to flow through? Where in your mental or heart space are you a little bit cluttered? And can you do something simple in the morning, like deep inhales and exhales through your belly for 10 to 20 breaths, just to start to build a little bit of nervous system rehabilitation to hold that capacity to declutter certain mental and emotional spaces within you. And that all sort of can be in your consciousness while you're working with this idea of what are my limits right now? What are my upper limits? And um, when I reach them and when I know that they're there, whether it's through a relationship or through something financially, how am I working with it? What am I doing and how am I taking total accountability and responsibility for this? Because it is something that I'm co-creating with myself, with the universe or with another person. Um, and not getting into that victim mode. And my I got cut off from my time limit on my camera, but I was saying and not getting into that victim mode, making sure that we aren't the victim in our lives and our situations. We are taking full capacity, full accountability to hold more, more whether that's more ideas, more self-love, more self-forgiveness, or more forgiveness for someone else so that it frees your own inner energetic um, guilt or feelings of heaviness. Think about the external and the internal flow of clearing spaces right now. Think about the internal and external flow of building more capacity. And yeah, that is all for today. And one other thing that I'm truly working through is the fact that, hey, this whole podcast thing, I'm also learning through. A thought before I even came on today that I was having was I only had five listens, I think, to my previous two episodes. The first one had 10 and the second two had five. I was like, again, with that that 
that that limit, that negative thought loop of there's no point in doing this. No one is listening to this. Why am I doing this? Beating myself up in that way. And I thought, you know what? I made a commitment to show up to myself, to my voice, to my stories, to connect with others. And again, coming back to that idea of if I am one person is listening and gaining some kind of insight or trust or ability to think beyond their current boundaries, then that is the whole point. But with that being said, please share this with someone, leave a review or like and subscribe. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time.